Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. Today is Thursday, August 29th, and we're discussing Tesla once again. I'm your host, Nick Seipel, and today I'm joined in studio by Motley Fool analyst Jim Mueller. How's it going, Jim? Hey, Nick. How are you? I'm doing great. It's been a while since we've had you in the studio, Jim. How has life been? It's been well. It's, it's, been, been, it's been pretty good. Well, Enjoying the weather here at the end of August, which is a strange thing to say in the D.C. area, but it's actually nice out today. Yeah, Labor Day weekend. I'm heading down to Atlanta for a kickoff college football. Very excited. Um, last time I had you on the show was a little bit under a year ago. We were talking about the U.S.-China trade war. We were talking about tariffs. We were talking about, hey, when we get into 2019, you know, maybe maybe this will, will slack off. Uh, any updates on what's going on there, Jim? Yeah, no such luck on the slack off there. It's, it's going fast and furious. Um, the effects are actually beginning to be felt now by U.S. companies and, and will likely be affected, uh, felt by consumers soon. Uh, for instance, uh, Deere lowered the guidance, uh, the maker of the big farm equipment, uh, because farmers are not buying the equipment because they're not being able to sell their crops to, uh, a lot of their crops to China. Qualcomm lowered their guidance uh, recently as well because they're a chip supplier into, into China where they use the chips to manufacturing all kinds of consumer electronics. And importers are dealing with the tariffs in many different ways. They're not raising wages. They're actually passing on prices to consumers. For example, Walmart recently said they're going to have to raise the prices of the stuff they sell in their stores. And just in time for Christmas, that's going to make it uh, painful for American consumers. And then the whole shifting supply chains thing that uh, President Trump uh, urged American businesses to get out of China recently. And companies are already trying to, but it after decades of building up China as the manufacturer of the world and all the web that that involves of the suppliers to, to the manufacturers and the suppliers to the suppliers, it's not easy to make uh, shifts uh, away from China and find uh, hopefully as inexpensive uh, manufacturing, but then the support infrastructure is not there and uh, it's just it's just a hot mess right now. Yeah, I think literally and figuratively, you could say there are a lot of moving parts here, a lot of things to navigate, and it's been tough for folks. I mean, you've seen, I mean, not even in the U.S., right? I mean, I think Germany has talked about with slowing auto markets in China as a result yep. of this. It's hurt their economy, so a lot, a lot of trickle down issues. Hopefully, it gets resolved. Uh, but you know, we're not that uh, different from where we've been, uh, you know, a year ago when we were talking about this. Uh, we are talking about Tesla today. The, the main topic we're going to talk about today is Tesla Solar, which has really been in the news a lot recently. But we did get. Uh, some more Tesla news last night, uh, which has been interesting. Uh, Tesla Insurance launched uh, in California last night. We've been waiting for that product launch since it was first mentioned uh, by Elon Musk and Tesla back in May. And it finally launched last night in California. However, three hours later, the product was pulled down for an algorithm update. I, I checked Tesla's website today. That's still been uh, ongoing. Obviously, things are continuing to play out, but just high-level thoughts on, on this rollout and uh, what's been going on so far. I think, uh, well, really, I don't know what Tesla's experience is in insurance. Are they the ones pricing the insurance, or do they have another company uh, pricing the insurance for them, and Tesla's just being the front man? I, it's not really clear, at least not to me. Uh, but one thing that does concern me, and in, in one of the items they say, is that Tesla owners uh, will be able to get rates 20%, maybe even 30% cheaper than they could at other insurers. And that makes me wonder whether Tesla or the underwriter is actually has enough data to justify a lower price like that. Uh, the, the insurance rates are set by data, both by how, how the 
how much it costs to repair the cars, how much uh, the car, how often the cars get into accidents and have to be totaled, uh, yada yada on that line, as well as the driver, him or herself, how often they get into uh, accidents or make claims and so on. So, is there enough data for any underwriter at this point to say, hey, we're going to give you a 20% lower rate because you deserve it and because the data backs us backs us up, and it's that data backs us up part that I'm not too uh, sure about in, in this situation. Yeah, obviously, still still a developing story. You know, they're they're doing this algorithm update. We'll, we'll see. You know how those those rates materialize, but something to watch uh, going forward. Um, the main topic I want to talk about today, though, is Tesla Solar. Really, in the past week, uh, it's been all over the news. But Solar City, uh, since the 2016 acquisition by Tesla for $6.5 billion, the solar business really has flown kind of under the radar. The, the solar roof has been a lot in the news. Musk will periodically surface and say, hey, we're about to ramp up uh, the, the solar roof. Uh, but solar has really been brought front and center in recent days following a spate of legal filings and some associated articles. Can you just introduce us those, to those, Jim, at a high level? Well, the big the big legal filing that probably hit the news uh, uh, most surprisingly is Walmart filing suit uh, recently, uh, saying that it was what 140 roofs that they had. Uh, it, was, it was over 200 roofs. Over that 200 they had, roofs. Yeah. Seven that had fire incidents. And that seven that they uh, had fires over the last couple of years uh, that they could they felt reasonably secure that they could trace back to the solar panels that Tesla. Uh, I'm sorry, Solar City had installed, and the claim was that uh, Solar Solar City employees, that is Tesla employees, were not inspecting the roofs on a regular schedule, were not maintaining them as they were required to, and therefore. Uh, Walmart believes that Tesla uh, solar uh, Tesla solar was in breach of contract and they want the basically I think they want the uh, the solar panels removed and uh, Walmart reimbursed for the expenses of having to close down the stores the lost inventory the damage the repairs and all that stuff yeah this is a dispute that if you read through the legal filings has been ongoing you know going back to 2018 and earlier but finally you know reached the point where Walmart filed a lawsuit some really I mean, obviously, it's a legal filing, but some very aggressive language in there. They, I think utter incompetence uh, was the word uh, that they had used. And so, obviously, this, this affected, affected the company. And then over the top, again this week uh, on Sunday, we got right. Bethany McLean, uh, very famous for outing the Enron scandal, coming into this Tesla story, uh, publishing an article in Vanity Fair titled, He's Full of Blank, How Elon Musk Fooled Investors, Bilked Taxpayers, taxpayers and Gambled Tesla to Save Solar City." Jim, just another high level. What what is what is McLean talking about in this article? Well, what she's talking about there is that Elon Musk kind of forced through the uh, the purchase of Solar City by Tesla, and she is uh, basing her uh, article on uh, reporting by the Buffalo News, especially David uh, Dave Robinson, in that the bailout was basically misleading investors uh, and shareholders who had to vote to approve it. Even though Musk and the Reeve brothers and uh, and Kimball, uh, I believe, all recused themselves from the vote, everyone knew what. Every, uh, what these guys wanted to happen. And so there was pressure for that. There was uh, a big presentation saying, hey, uh, which, la- which launched the idea of the solar roof and Musk presenting what appeared to be solar roofs already installed on some buildings turned out to be uh, just uh, a mock-up installed on the set of, what was it, Desperate Housewives? Yeah, it was a backlot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> backlot uh, film uh, used in Desperate Housewives. And this 
was going to be the saving grace of Solar City. It was going to cause a bunch of cash flow into Tesla, uh, which would be great uh, for the company, and instead has led to all kinds of problems, including debt issues, debt repayments, um, uh, declining uh, uh, sales of, of solar panels by Solar City, uh, halting of their uh, marketing themselves, and going out to the house and doing the inspection themselves. Now the homeowner is supposed to take pictures and send it to Solar City to get to have the amount uh, to have the product uh, figured out, and it's just it's just been going downhill, and has the potential to really cause some serious problems for Tesla. Unfortunately, sure. The, the other issue that she mentioned there as well is that uh, the business, uh, when they had first acquired the factory, received seven hundred and fifty million dollars in financing uh, from New York State. Um, at the time, you know, Tesla had, had planned to build ten thousand solar panels per day, uh, create. You know, thousands of jobs in Buffalo. As a condition of that funding uh, from New York State, uh, Tesla. I mean, Solar City, which became part of Tesla, later got a ten-year lease on the property in Buffalo for a dollar a year. Uh, was tasked with employing 1,460 high-tech jobs at the factory, another 2,000 sport and sales installation folks, another 1,440 jobs in the state, and pledged to spend five billion dollars in New York State over the next decade. However, as as Jim mentioned, we, we've seen installations decline, and they haven't quite hit those job numbers yet. And even the employee numbers, uh, te- Tesla itself said there were only a few hundred employees uh, in the state, and even and only a fraction of those in Buffalo's uh, Buffalo itself. And but then but then we have uh, Elon Musk coming out and saying, "Hey, we'd li- uh, we're on we're ramping up production of the solar roof. We I don't know if he actually said we expect to make ten thousand or no, what was a thousand a week uh, uh, by the end of this year, or or whether that was an expectation or a hope or or whatever. But with only a few hundred employees at the at this uh, plant in Buffalo, it." Really doesn't seem as if they're, uh, the company is even going to be able to make that target, even if it is making solar roofs today, which is in doubt itself, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I think just just to back up, you know, you know, with the Solar City acquisition, Tesla had acquired a, a business that had two thirds of the residential solar market in the U.S. Uh, you know, had claimed that it would add more than half a billion dollars to Tesla's balance sheet over the next three years. In reality, what has materialized is that uh, it has drastically increase, increased uh, Tesla's debt position. Uh, their market share has declined meaningfully uh, down to 7% of the U.S. residential solar market. Their installations have declined about 85% uh, since that date. So, as a result, what is Tesla left with after this transaction today? Tesla's left with a Business that seems to be in decline and disappearing. Actually, uh, they only uh, Solar City or Tesla Solar only installed 29 megawatts of panels in the second quarter of this year. That's down from 200 megawatts installed uh, two, just two years prior in second quarter of 2016. And uh, with with the solar roofs not really out there yet, I don't know where uh, Solar City is going to be able to generate any sort of revenue or cash flow for the company. 
What that leaves Tesla and Tesla shareholders uh, saddled with is a bunch of debt that told, uh, that they also that Tesla also bought when they bought Solar City. Uh, primarily, well, one of the pieces is coming due on November first. It's five hundred fifty-six million dollar convertible bond. Uh, the bondholders have the choice of either on November first of either converting their bonds into shares of Tesla or receiving their cash investment back plus any uh, unpaid interest. And given that the conversion prices range are in the $500 to $700 per share um, of Tesla and where Tesla shares are trading today in the low $200 range, no holder of any of those bonds is going to, in their right mind, is going to say, okay, I don't want my cash. You can keep the cash. Just give me shares of Tesla at that when I'm asking for something that's worth a third less than what I gave you. So Tesla's going to have to come up with $556 million plus a little bit of interest and pay that off. And if they don't, and this is an, an unfortunate consequence of the, of the uh, purchase of Solar City, if they don't pay that when it comes due in, in what, a month and a half? No, yeah. two, two months? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not quite September 1st yet. So in two months, then... That can have serious consequences. If they miss that payment, then other bonds that they have out, for instance, there's a a bond, uh, a convertible bond due in March of 2022 that says if you fail to pay off any other mortgage or bond or borrowing worth $150 million or more, then our bond is going to be declared to be in default and we can we have the right to accelerate the payment. And that particular bond on um, uh, June 30th had a balance of $977 million. And so not only if, if Tesla fails to pay that $556 million, then all of a sudden they could be asked to pay another $977 million. And then the other bondholders, and there's just this whole cascade effect that could happen if Tesla fails to pay this. Now, is Tesla going to let that happen? I don't think so. They have they have to be aware of the covenants of the bonds they, they've issued. And so... Unless they've already spent what they had uh, five billion dollars in cash on the balance sheet on as of June, as of June thirty first as as of June thirtieth, yeah. yeah. There's no June thirty first. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm not if, here for my calendar skills, right. folks. <laughs> if 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 they've already spent a good chunk of that money elsewhere, such as paying off uh, uh, paying back suppliers money that they owed their suppliers for the car business. Then, or if they cannot uh, somehow negotiate with the, uh, this bond hold, the bondholders uh, uh, coming due, and and move the bond down the road, uh, uh, delaying payback like they've done with a di- uh, with another bond several times, then if if worse comes to worse, then the cascading effect of multiple bonds coming due and there's no cash to pay it back could potentially lead to Tesla's bankruptcy. It would be a terrible thing for uh, the shareholders and I believe for the world in general because, face it, Elon Musk has done a lot to get electric cars into the forefronts of society's mind and gotten the big car uh, manufacturers. Uh, VW is supposed to go all electric by 2025, something like that. Uh, BMW, uh, Jaguar, GM, Toyota, Everybody you can name is now making electric cars, and I don't think the, that that tide is going to reverse. And so, it would be a real shame if Tesla was not there to enjoy the uh, enjoy the fruits of their labor. Yeah, whether that's going to happen, I, I don't know. I, but 
the takeaway here, I think, from this this whole Solar City acquisition is you had a, a transaction where where shareholders were promised uh, one know, thing yeah. were, were promised lower. Uh, that they were going to have a company that can make lower than market rate solar panels that would have a dominant market share that, yep. would, that would continue growth into the future and that would meaningfully contribute to, to the company's bottom line going forward as part of its master plan. What has materialized is a declining operating business, uh, a large amount of debt that has saddled the company with a a number uh, of complicated issues that you know you, you now you have to allocate cash that otherwise should be going to capex to build your new exactly. cars all those sorts of things needs to go to servicing this debt as well and then to bring this back to the Walmart issue and uh, Amazon issue as well there uh, you yeah, know, we, you know the, we we didn't mention that one Amazon also uh, reported a fire on on a, 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 a roof of theirs that had uh, solar city panels on yes and so this story on, on a number of levels has also had a negative effect on Tesla you have a Perception issue when you have a very strongly worded negative uh, lawsuit coming out from a, from a major retailer like Walmart. As well, uh, you have some amount of uncertain liability if this roof issue goes to other residential installations across right. the country. We've seen some follow-up reporting from Bloomberg on that. And how it, much will it cost Tesla to settle with Walmart? Yes. And how much did it cost to settle with Amazon? And how much will it cost to settle with all those homeowners? And and on and on and on. It's just it. It's a bag of worms that that has really created a lot of issues for the company. I, you know, we will say Tesla has continued to to tout the solar roof as something that is going to shift the narrative around uh, the business. Again, customer trust has been impacted as well as it, you know. We, we it's been a while since we we've, we've seen this come out. What are your thoughts on on the prospect of the solar roof to kind of turn the solar business around for Tesla? If they can do it, and if they if the product meets the the uh, the 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 high bar that Musk has set for it, cheaper than a regular roof, longer lasting than a regular roof, and that's not even counting the electricity the roof is going to generate for you. If they can do that, then that could indeed turn the uh, turn the situation around. The question is. Does there, there are several questions. One, does that solar roof actually exist, to, or is it engineering uh, uh, drawings still on paper and not in in production? Two, uh, how how soon can they get those out? Three, how rapidly can they ramp it up given the other constraints on their cash and their cash flow? And four, are they too late to the market? I mean, Solar City has declined as. Is as a big player in this in the solar panel market, and are customers willing to uh, come back to them and try a brand new product that hasn't been tested, uh, that that's not even out there yet, and and might not come to the uh, the promises that uh, have been given so far. And has publicly caused a lot of fires that have been that have been very very well. Well, well the, the roof hasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, true, true. Uh, you know, it's to be determined. I think I think a lot of things with Tesla is there's always this promise out in the future, whether it's full self-driving or the solar roof or the Chinese factory. Um, you know, we'll see how things materialize. I will say that the solar roof has been promised since October of 2016, when the Solar City merger right. was beginning to happen. We're today in August of 2019. Likewise, self-driving was promised around that same time uh, and, and has not materialized. Those things. Are the sorts of levers that if Tesla can pull them, all these question marks arguably could go away. Uh, but lots of things to navigate. 
tough time to be to be navigating these issues if you're management at Tesla today. Yeah. All right, Jim. Any positive thoughts going into going into Labor Day weekend? What are your plans? Uh, well, there was some positive news for Tesla actually. Uh, Moody's, the the bond rating agency. Uh, had some good news for Tesla. They affirmed the bond rating, uh, the bond ratings they had for Tesla's current bonds. That means they didn't uh, make them make it worse. Uh, they improved what's called the speculative grade liquidity level, which is a rating of the risk that a company that will not be able to meet its short-term liabilities. That's a, a definition I'm reading off uh, the free dictionary. Uh, a level from four to three, four being the worst, one being the best, most liquid. So four to three, so that's an improvement. And they also changed uh, the outlook on the company from uh, negative to stable. And that's a big thing for a company uh, when it uh, has to negotiate a new new uh, a new debt or, or roll debt out or what have you. Uh, having a, a, a stable outlook from one of the major bond rating agencies uh, is good news for Tesla. Yeah, so we just had Elon Musk spoke in China uh, last night uh, with with Jack Ma. So we do have the the China factory. Also, positive news coming down the line for Tesla. There's been some rumors that they're going to re- reveal the first vehicle they've produced at that factory. Uh, so that'll be uh, exciting to see. Uh, but uh, lots to follow uh, uh, with this company in the future. It's always in the news, Jim. That it is, and that's what makes uh, being a shareholder exciting, I guess. Yeah. It's a, it's a roller coaster ride for sure. Uh, thanks for coming on, Jim, as always. Thanks for having me. As always, people on the program may have positions in the companies discussed on the show, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against the stocks discussed, so don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear. Thanks to Austin Morgan for his work behind the glass. For Jim Mueller, I'm Nick Seipel. Thanks for listening, and Fool on. 